Welcome to the new celebration service of San Diego First Church. I'm delighted that you're here. I'm Melissa. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And today's a really special day in the life of our church, which we'll get to all of that good stuff in just a minute. But first things first, if you wouldn't mind reaching really far over for some of you, get to the end of the aisle. There's a black community notebook that's there. If you wouldn't mind grabbing that and sign in, send it on down the row, get to know who's around you, let us know who you may have brought with you this morning. Our staff looks at those names and prays over them every week, so thanks for helping us out with that. Um, So thanks for finding us as well. Nice job. We've got a special event happening in the Family Life Center, which is normally where this service takes place if you're new or if this is your first Sunday here. So thanks for finding us over here in Brown Chapel. So talking about a couple things that are happening today, why this is such a special day, when you, I think, when you celebrate something for 14 years in a row, it becomes a local holiday. And today is just that day. Today is... It's a reason for me to bust out my bejeweled bolo tie, which might be auctioned off today as well. If you're lucky, today is the 14th annual Chili Cook-Off. Woohoo! Yeehaw! And if you don't know what the Chili Cook-Off is, it is equal parts chili meal, chili competition, pie auction, and camp fundraiser for our kids and teens. It's a really special, seriously fun time, and you're all invited to come and join us right after service here. It's right over in the FLC. It's $5 to get in or not, so don't let that stop you. We really want everyone to be a part of that today. I also have a really special announcement about the chili cook-off announcement. I am so pleased to be the one who gets to do this. Dakota, would you show the picture, please? After a really great run, maybe eight, ten years of being our auctioneer, Jared Callahan has retired the chaps, and he has passed them over to the other fastest-talking person in the West, Jeremy Schulteis. Jeremy Schulteis, do you want to show off your outfit? I mean, look at how good you look right now. He he wears them well. Nice job. So come and join us. It's a super fun time. I also want to make sure that another event is on your radar. This coming Saturday is the Women's Tea. This is our third annual tea. It takes place over in the Ellipse. And what it is is it's a casual time for women to come together to chat around a table, enjoy treats and tea, and then hear from someone from our congregation speak from their heart. And this year, it's our media tech, Dakota Hills, who's sitting way up there. She's going to be speaking about what God is teaching her right now. So we invite you to join us. There's still space to RSVP. There's even space to host a table if that sounds fun to you. So let me or Jeannie Holly know or contact the church office and we'll make sure you've got a spot at the tea this coming Saturday. So there's obviously a lot of good stuff that's going on here and there's a lot of good stuff that's taking place even right here among us, even right now. As we come here today seeking God together, we really come with an attitude of expectancy. We expect to find and meet God here among us. We also this morning are uniting with believers worldwide who are coming together around one central mission. And in this place, in this church, the way we articulate that central mission is that we exist to lift up Christ. And while we believe that it's our calling to lift up Christ every day, everywhere that we are, we also believe that a really important piece of what it is to be faithful is to lift up Christ right here in this service together. And us coming together like this on a regular weekly basis, building a rhythm of attending here provides for us instruction, a place for worship, a time to pray, and to practice our faith together in the public space. Because we know that faith is not a journey meant to be walked alone. 
And one of the most profound things that actually happens when we come together like this is that we go to scripture together. And that's actually something that's qualitatively different than going to scripture alone. Now, both of those, going to scripture with others and going to scripture alone, are both extremely important. And I know that many of us in here have experienced the ways in which God has spoken to us when we're by ourselves and when we're in groups studying the word together. It's all important. But in this big corporate worship space, hearing together passages of scripture that are open for us and then expanded upon during the sermon or maybe by commentary by one of our worship leaders, when we hear that together as a body, that matters because it shapes us together as a group and we move forward together from the word as it's proclaimed among all of us. And the way that scripture is used and talked about in this service then gets used and re-talked about throughout our weeks and throughout our months, maybe in Sunday school, maybe in small group, maybe in your kitchen as you're cooking a meal with someone who lives with you. Maybe the passages that are shared here together reverberate in your head, something that struck you differently than you've ever heard it before and you're wrestling with it. Or maybe the scripture that's shared is resonating so deeply with where you're at in your life, you can't believe God's been so good to share it with you here. Us proclaiming scripture together as a people keeps us bonded to each other and focused on our central mission of lifting up Christ. It's an amazing phenomenon that happens. And so this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. The structure of the service is going to feel basically the same. But from this point forward, I got a bit of a pass here during announcements. It would have been tricky to do, so I get to just talk freely during announcements. But from this point forward, the whole service is going to be lifted directly from Scripture, and it already has been so far in the songs that have been sung. And if you'd like to be able to follow along throughout the service, our ushers are here with Bibles right now, and there'll be your Scripture references through every song, everything that's shared, so that you'll be able to turn and read in Scripture. So ushers, if you wouldn't mind starting to walk through, if you want one, just slip your hand in the air, and they'll make sure that you have one. So you may be thinking that doesn't sound a lot different than normal, because you're right. A lot of what we do here is based in and comes directly from Scripture. Obviously, when we include Scripture readings, those are directly from the Bible, Many of our songs are based in scripture, and throughout Dee's sermons, he is weaving in scripture all the time, often memorizing like whole chapters and including them in. So scripture is really a part of who we are every week. And so the service might not feel all that different to you, but we're hoping that as the entire service is bathed in scripture, as we are bathed in scripture from front to end today, that we would be reminded freshly that Scripture has so much to say to us about our lives. That it's not a dead, but an alive work. That's filled with various types and genres of literature to speak to us differently. May we be reminded today that it is our spiritual food. So that being said, two things I want to share with you. One... Proverbs 16.31, gray hair is a crown of glory, and it is gained by living a holy and godly life. Amen, since I was 14. And 2 Corinthians 13.11-12, finally, my brothers and my sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, and live at peace with each other. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Therefore, rise and greet one another with a holy kiss.
Pass the peace with your brothers and sisters. Church, why don't we come back together and why don't we read this together? I, I love this little bit of scripture out of Isaiah. Read with me. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. It's good to know this morning that in the midst of the hecticness of our lives that God is here with us this morning. It doesn't grow tired. doesn't grow weary. doesn't get exhausted from the weight of the stuff that we give to him to carry. He's big enough for it all. So whatever's going on in your life this morning, in your situations, know that we serve a great God. And he's here this morning. Amen. Thank you. 
Praise the Lord this morning. Lord, thank you. Be with us this morning, God. Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and be seated. My name is Andrew, and I will be reading from Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16 and 33 to 37. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. I do not stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your decrees that I may follow it to the end. Give me your understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. The word of the Lord. The author of Genesis writes this. In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved across the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. And it was good. God separated the light from the darkness. The light was called day. And the darkness was called night. The writer John reflects on this very same subject. And writes, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness doesn't comprehend it. So, there was a man who was sent from God. 
His name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light. So that through him, all people might believe. He wasn't the light. He simply came to be a witness to the light. The true light, the light that shines every person that comes into the world, was coming. He came into the world, and though the entire world was created by him, they didn't recognize him. He came into his own. His own didn't even receive him. But to all of those who received him, all of those who believed on his name, he gave the privilege of being the children of God. Children born not of natural descent or, or human decision, not even of a, a husband's will or choice, but children born of God. So the word became flesh and took up a dwelling place with us. So we got to behold his glory, the glory of, of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Matthew tells us that this Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. Luke says Jesus grew, grew up in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and men. So Jesus went throughout Galilee. He would teach in their synagogues. He would preach the good news of the gospel. And he would heal every form of illness and sickness among the people. And so news about him spread throughout all of Syria. People started bringing to him all of those who had all kinds of diseases. Those who were suffering severe pain. Uh, those who were demon possessed. They brought to him those who were suffering from seizures. Those who were paralyzed. He healed them all. Well, as you can imagine, huge crowds from Galilee from the area of the ten cities called the Decapolis, from Jerusalem, Judea, and the area beyond Jordan, they all started following. One time when he saw the crowds, he went up on a little hillside and he sat down and all his followers began to gather around. And he started to teach them. And he said, blessed are the Poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they're going to be comforted. Blessed are the meek, <laughs> because they're going to inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They'll be filled. Blessed are the merciful. They'll obtain mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. 
for they're going to get to see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for living righteous lives, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you or or persecute you or say all kinds of evil things about you falsely. I encourage you to rejoice, to be incredibly glad because great is your reward in heaven. In the exact same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Because, you see, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, it's really no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill can't be hid. Neither do people light a lamp and put it underneath a bowl. Instead, they put it on a lampstand so that everyone in the house can benefit from its light. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Don't think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. No such thing. I've not come to abolish them. I've come to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter or the the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law or the prophets until everything has been accomplished. If you break these commandments and you teach others to do the same, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But if you keep these commands and help others, Teach others to do the same thing. You'll be called the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But let me caution you. Unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, there's no way you're going to even enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you've probably heard that it's been said to the people long ago, Do not commit murder, and anyone who murders is subject to the judgment. But I want to tell you this, that anyone who's angry at someone else for no cause, you're already subject to the judgment. Anyone who says to another, Raka, you're answerable to the Sanhedrin. But I want to tell you that anybody says to someone else, you fool, you're on dangerous ground. You're in danger of the fire of hell. So if you're bringing your gift to the altar, and there you remember that someone has something against you, go and make it right. Be reconciled. And and then come and give your gift at the altar. I'm telling you, you ought to settle matters with your adversary particularly the adversaries that are taking you to court. You ought to do it while you're on the way. Because if you don't, there's a good chance your adversary is going to turn you over to the judge. The judge may turn you over to the officer. And then you're likely going to be thrown into jail. And I'll tell you, 
You're not going to get out of jail till you've paid the last penny. So just take care of those things. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. Well, I tell you that if you look lustfully at a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So if your right eye causes you to offend, oh, pluck it out. Get rid of it. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to fall into hell. If your right hand causes you to offend, just get rid of it. It's better for you to lose some part of your body than for the whole thing to be destroyed. You've probably also heard that it was said, anyone who divorces his wife should give her a certificate of divorce. But I'm telling you that anybody who divorces his spouse for anything except for marital unfaithfulness causes her to be an adulteress, and anyone who marries such a woman commits adultery himself. Now, you probably also heard that it was told to the people long ago, don't break your oaths, but keep the covenants, the promises, the commitments you've made to the Lord. But I want to tell you, just don't swear at all. Don't swear by heaven. I mean, that's God's throne. Don't swear by the earth. That's his footstool. Don't swear by Jerusalem, for that's the city of the great king. Don't swear by anything, like, like your head. I mean, who here can make even a hair white or black? So here's my suggestion. Just let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. You've also heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I want to tell you, just don't resist an evil person. If somebody slaps you on the right cheek, just turn the other cheek. If somebody's suing you to take your tunic, give them your cloak as well. If somebody has compelled you to go with them one mile, just by your own choice, go the second mile. Give to the one who asks of you. Don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And you probably know where I'm going with this. I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who use you or persecute you. For your father causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love those who love you, what's the big deal? I mean, even the tax collectors do that. If you greet only your family members, whoop-de-doo. I mean, even the pagans do that. But you, be perfect. Like your Father in heaven is perfect. I also want to say, be careful that you don't do your acts of righteousness 
in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Really, don't be like the hypocrites who love to blast trumpets and set off fireworks when they're giving to the needy in the synagogue or on the streets. Don't be like them. They've already received their reward. When you give, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving can be done in secret. And then your father, who sees what is done in secret, your father will reward you. And when you pray, same thing. Don't be like the hypocrites who really like to make a big show of the prayers in the synagogue or on the street corners. They've already received their reward, not you. When you pray, go into your room or your closet and just close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who knows what's done behind the scenes, your Father will reward you. Oh, just a word of advice. Don't keep on babbling in your prayers using a whole bunch of words. The pagans do that, and and they think because of their many words, they're going to be heard. Your father already knows what you need before you ask. So just keep it simple when you pray. Something like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others when they offend you or have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you But if you don't forgive others when you've been offended, it's not good. Your heavenly Father then can't forgive you. When you fast, don't look all somber like the hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces so that people will know they've been fasting. And as you know, Those kinds of people, they've already gotten their reward. When you fast, put oil on your head. Wash your face. Don't change your demeanor so that no one knows that you're fasting. Your father sees you in the quiet moments, knows what happens behind the scenes. And your father will reward you. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where rust and moth corrupt, where thieves break in and steal. But instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eye is good, the body is full of light. But if the eye is bad... The body is full of darkness. And if the light in you is dark, 
wow, then it's really dark in there. Let's make it clear, you can't serve two masters. You'll either love the one and hate the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. It ought to be plain to us, you cannot serve both God and money. And along with that, I just want to encourage you, stop worrying about anything. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you're going to wear. Because seriously, the, your life is so much more than what you eat. <laughs> and your body, obviously, so much more important than what you put on it. I mean, think about the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't store food away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them well. Are you not worth a whole lot more than they are? Stop having such little faith. And who of you, by worrying at all, can add even an hour to your life? So don't worry. Don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about the clothes you wear. Your father knows you need them. Seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you as well. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. There's enough to concern you today. And along that same line, don't judge. Or you too will be judged. From the same way you judge others, that's how you'll be judged. And if you use some kind of a measuring stick to compare to others, that's the same measuring stick that's going to be used on you. So don't do that. And, and I just don't understand why some of you get so bent out of shape when somebody has a speck of dust in their eye, and apparently you don't see that you have a huge log hanging out of your own eye. Here's my advice. Take care of the huge log that's in your own eye first. And then, maybe, maybe, you'll be able to see well enough to help somebody else who has a speck of dust in their eye. I caution you not to give things that are sacred to dogs. Don't give your precious pearls to swine. If you do, they'll likely just trample them under their feet, and then they'll turn and probably tear you to pieces. So ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives back. Those who seek, discovery is in store for them. Those who knock, they find that door after door opens up for them. I mean, who among you, if one of your kids asks for a piece of bread, gives him a stone? Or if your daughter asks, 
if your daughter asked for a fish that you'd give a snake to her? Well, if you, though you have this bent toward evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? I encourage you to enter through the narrow gate because it's a pretty broad gate and a pretty wide pathway that leads to destruction. And a lot of people follow that pathway. But narrow is the gate and small is the path that leads to life. Far fewer find that. And let me give you a caution. Be careful of false prophets. They'll come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they're just wicked, ferocious wolves. I'll tell you how you recognize them. You'll know them by their fruit. I mean, none of us collect grapes in the midst of thorn bushes or gather figs out of thistles. No, a good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. The bad trees are going to be cut down and thrown into the fire. So it's really by their fruit that you'll recognize them. That which results from all they do. You see, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many are going to come on that day and they're going to say, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we perform a whole bunch of miracles in your name? And I'm going to say, I never knew you. So, all of those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice, they're like the wise man who built the house on the rock. The rains came down and the waters rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. But it stood strong because its foundation was on the rock. But all of those who hear these words of mine and don't put them into practice, it's like the person who built a house on sand. The rains came down and the waters rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. And it came down with a huge crash because it was built on sand. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the people were amazed at his teaching. Because he spoke as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. John, reflecting on this, as we learned last week, described it this way. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard with our ears, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We beheld it. We testified about it. We proclaimed the eternal life which was with the Father and then appeared to us. We have 
proclaimed this so that you might have fellowship with us. It's that simply which we have seen and heard. And we write this to you so that our joy might be complete. We proclaim what we have heard, and this is the message. God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. So if you claim to have fellowship with God but walk in the darkness, you're just living a lie and the truth is not in you. But if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, and the blood of his son Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Well, if you say you haven't sinned, then really you're just deceiving yourself. The truth really isn't there in that statement. But if we confess our sins, God's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we say we have no sin, really we make the Lord out to be a liar. And God's word is not in us. But as John says, I write this to you, dear children, so that you do not sin. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father. It's Jesus, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for all our sin. And not only ours, but for the whole world. For that reason, Paul writes... What shall we say then? Shall we just keep on sinning so that there can be more and more grace? Well, that's ridiculous. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into Christ's death? We were therefore buried together with him through death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in his death, we've also been united with him in resurrection. For that reason, this old body of sin was crucified with Christ so that sin might be rendered powerless, so that we are no longer slaves at all. Not slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Therefore, there is now absolutely no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the spirit of life has set us free. Father, this morning, we pray that your word would wash over us. That your word would bathe us. 
For those this morning that need forgiveness. For those who may need reconciliation. For those who need a fresh beginning. A cleansed heart. For those who need hope. For those who need comfort or mercy. For those who maybe need a fresh filling. May your word meet every need. May it cleanse. May it purify. May it forgive. May it provide hope. May it provide instruction and direction. We love your word because it is the revelation of you. And you are the one we worship. So this morning, Lord, may your word take root in us. May it change us this morning. May we cling to it, and may it affix itself to us. Thank you, Father. We praise your name. Amen.